Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a little white rhino. That's nice. I gotta match it. For the culture. I mean, that's what I'm here for, the culture. So that's why I added it. Oh, look at that. That's lovely. That's some THT smoke from all over the world. It is trans-Pacific bong hits. That's what we offer on THC. Let's grow. That's a good job, said Smokey the Bear. Bear is his preferred bit, sir. What's going on, everyone? We are diving into a new episode of the THC. I hope you're listening. Hope you've been enjoying all of the Bear-centric content. Today, we are still within the Beariverse, but we're also starting to dive into some goodies. We're in for a chat, maybe even a talk with our boy, Ted. He's a man of a lot of accolades, especially in DeFi. DeFi Ted, welcome to the Honeycast. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you here, man. We've been trying to do this one up for a minute, so uh, it's great to finally get you here. Yeah, first and foremost, I guess, Ted, um, you've got a lot brewing. You're working on Paragon's DAO. For the bearers out there that maybe aren't too familiar with what that is and, and how that connects with Parallels, the card game, do you want to have an overview of how that all works for us? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess the high-level overview is that it's a rug. Um, <laughs> but to explain how it's a slow rug, let me kind of go through that. So, <laughs> look, Parallel is a like a trading card game, yeah? So you think about like Hearthstone, uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, it's very much in the same same format, except they've kind of played with the mechanics a little bit. And the mechanic changes come from uh, the game builders themselves who are diehard players of those other card games and you know have tried to implement those mechanic changes within those ecosystems, obviously, to no avail. Um, so when it came to the opportunity to create their own game, they wanted to kind of use these kind of learnings and experiences to enhance gameplay in regards to these type of trading card player versus player battle games. The parallel ecosystem is made up of five parallels, all have their own kind of what they call a paragon, uh, which is, you can think of it like a god or a you know your main character card in any of those other trading card games that have their own traits, but they're not, they don't actually are a card in your deck. You just get to select one within the game and then you're paired with a, a deck. Uh, and that could be either Organ Core, Macaulian, Shroud, Katari or the Earthen. Yes, I consider myself a nerd. And, you know, they all have their own different kind of attributes in regards to the type of decks they are. Be it if you want to be a highly attacking player versus a defensive player, you know, you, you want to be able to spawn multiple assets or you're a tinkerer. Um, they kind of suit all different types of gameplay. And then you can kind of match those with these universal card assets, which is kind of like the sixth type of asset you can use to make a deck. So you can uh, use anything from one parallel plus uh, earthen cards to make a deck of 40 assets. Now, the game itself plays, you know, between your longest Hearthstone game and your shortest Magic game. Um, you know, they can be as quick as, you know, five minutes if you've got a really good player that knows how to, you know, play with early assets. And they can last as long as up to, like, 40, 50 minutes if you've got a really defensive type of play and it's taking a long time. Very evenly matched from the, from the opponents. So... The idea around Parallel was creating a game, a, a new genre of game around the trading card set within this kind of universe and space concept. The idea around what they've done is not just to create a game, but to create the lore. I think that's one thing that gets lost in this game is they spent a lot of time, a lot of resources in regards to the artwork that goes into it, the scale of the art and the dedication to the graphics that go into making this, trying to make it a AAA rated game. And then on top of that, they also still have a partnership with Superconductor, which is the Russo brothers, uh, to make a series on the parallel lore itself. Oh, right. Wait. Sorry, is the Russo is that the guys who made the Avengers movies? That is, is them. That, yeah, big name drop. That was actually announced in April last year. So, 
you know, everyone says when marketing, I, I, I haven't seen a better marketing campaign than that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, so you're literally bringing the directors of the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, 100%. So they want to bring this, you know, bring this to life, you know, as in characters and things that people can kind of resonate with. That's kind of the game itself. And, and the game itself is actually free to play, right? So you're probably wondering how Paragons kind of fits into that. And it's actually the, you know, part of the thesis that I kind of had when setting up Paragons in the first place was that if Web3 gaming's to work properly, it needs to be firstly, A, the barrier to entry needs to be zero. So the game needs to be free to play to start off with. Yeah. And then the NFTs and the, the blockchain capability and the economic or the economies of scale that can build behind that need to be an add-on to that, enhance that gameplay for the, the more enthusiastic, the diehards of those particular brands. And when it came to something that I thought could scale really well, trading card games was kind of the key one for me. I, I likened it to kind of poker, how poker is a card game. You can play with your friends, you can play for free, everyone knows the rules and at some point, you can go, well, I'm I'm going to capitalize on these skills and you can go and play for money. Now, yes, you're putting up your own funds to kind of play for that reward, but it's, it's very much the same concept of buying NFTs to try and play and earn returns. It allows people to kind of build their skill in a free environment, and then when they feel like they're ready, they can try and capitalize on that in an economic environment. Except in this economic environment, it requires you to own the NFTs, play in their kind of what they call ranked games to then earn prime from a pool. It means that I can play against someone with all my NFTs against someone who has zero NFTs and we can still play. But if I win, I'll earn prime and I'll earn it depending on how many NFTs fill up my total deck. And if they win, they'll just earn kudos. Good job. So that's kind of the gameplay of Parallel itself. And how we fit into that is we own a fuck ton of their assets. And what we're trying to do is share them at a zero cost as well. Okay. So you need to own some of the NFTs to have cards in your deck that are certain exclusives. And when you play with those, then you can play for a certain prize pool. Does it mean the more NFTs you own, the bigger the prize pool? Or does it just mean once you're in, you've kind of paid for that entry fee and then you might just have a stronger deck therefore as well? So yeah, the pooling more works on what your share is. So you can think of if you work out that 100% share would require 100% of the assets. Yeah. Yep. And then they have a, like an exponential curve that that works on where the, the lower the asset, the lower percentage of that initial share that you should have got that you'll receive, yeah, down to zero. So it really incentivizes people to want to hold those NFT assets, yeah, to yep. get the maximum return they can for their gameplay when they're playing in that kind of, you know, ranked environment with those assets. Or alternatively, it's an incentive for people to come and actually borrow them to top up their deck to actually make sure they get the full boost when they win a, when they win a game. All right, so that's how you guys fit in the picture. You, you've got quite a large war chest of, of, of many different uh, NFT cards that you could possibly loan out to players. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so I guess the, the loaning out is it works more like a, sh like a shared income model. So without going through the, the nitty-gritty straight away, it works by a way that we're able to whitelist a user to an asset or a particular group of assets within our holdings, and then they're able to sh use those off-chain in the game uh, where the returns come back through a vault where we can obviously share in those incomes, where we get a return and they get a return. So therefore, it, it removes the need for them to have capital up front, but still play in that competitive earning environment uh, using our assets where we kind of all share together. So are you whitelisting to players who you think are quite skilled players? I guess the more they win, the more money that drives back to your collection, right? So is, is that kind of how that works? You're looking for good players to offer these NFTs to? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we're looking for good players, but I think that that's actually a redundant model. If I think about like kind of how scholars work today with like kind of Axie and some of the other models you have with like these scholar programs, um, it's quite a labor intensive work, you know, amount of work to do to manage those people and continue to understand who's the best person to have on asset, you know, where the best opportunities are. So what we came up with was a reputation as credit system that actually automates that whole process for us where anyone can actually sign up with us and the system manages that basically the players on assets and it does so in a way that it's done on on the demand of assets at any given time and therefore it actually continually weeds out the top earners within so that assets are in high demand. It means that new people coming in are only those that are at a higher quality than others. It's using their in-game data from their gameplay to drive a credit system that they can then spend within our own system to borrow assets. If you think of all your gameplay that you do, let's just say in any game, what we do is we take key data points that are fundamental to the earning side of things, right? To getting a return. And then we, we use a, well, basically a credit scoring matrix that you would use in credit to, to assess someone for credit. And then we apply those outcomes to drive a credit system. So it turns it becomes an ERC-20 that is actually uh, soul-bound to the wallet and they can only burn it for assets within our ecosystem. Those assets all sit on the demand curve that like Aave. So the more that they're in demand, the higher it's going to cost you of that token to hire them. The credit system is kind of funny. It's almost like when you need to get a credit for a loan or something, you're kind of looking at their their track record. Is, is that how I'm seeing it? It feels a little bit like that in some ways. It, it, well, yeah, it's exactly yeah. like that. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it just models you know, out on probability over the, you know, the total user base. And then you know, the likelihood, instead of that, we're not looking for the, the chance of them to default or the likelihood of them to repay, but we're looking at the likelihood of that user to have a return over the next user. And I guess that just shows like how... I guess disconnected I've been lately because I've bought, I've had some parallel cards for I would say the better part of a year now, and I've listened to the Life in Parallel as well. Shout out to to those boys. When did the game come out? Is so the game out? Time must have flown by really fast on my end, I guess. Well, I mean, technically the game's not out yet. They've had an alpha release of the client, which you know I can't remember how many people they actually had on that. It was a I think a couple of thousand. Um, overall and through and uh, and playing on the um, on the on the closed alpha client, they'll be releasing a closed beta um, that you can get access to in Jul- for July. So um, they've already got you can go to echelon.io uh, and you can sign up and you know kind of subscribe to that to, to be on the list. A little alpha alert there. Alpha. Yeah, alpha alert. Holy, holy. And the game should likely be public sometime at the end of Q3, early Q4 this year. But the, the asset release and the, the generation event for the parallel happened February 2021. And they've been building since before then. So the game's been being built for nearly three years. So Ted, with a lot of TCGs, you know, they got great art, great lore, great stories. And I think Parallels has really got that. Do you have any, I guess, insight onto maybe future film content, television content for the universe, anything along those lines? Uh, look, outside of the early alpha around Superconductor, I, don't, I actually don't know too much about what's going on with the guys at Parallel. They, they are quite secretive, and I think that, that they're allowed to be. I mean, Parallel is actually a uh, like a like an entity, it's a private entity, and Prime is actually part of the Echelon Foundation, which drives uh, which Parallels opted into to use as their token. So that's kind of how you look at the way that the two kind of bodies work together. 
So they're, they're kind of pretty secretive about that, but I'm not I'm not too worried about that either because the the quality of what they've delivered so far has been second to none. They're, they're actually best in show, in my opinion, when it comes to the quality of, of what they're delivering. How did you guys get into this position then? How did you develop such a, a large war chest of, of these NFTs? <laughs> yeah, how did that all come about? How did you go down this road? Oh, okay. So it's a, it's an interesting story and, you know, this isn't to, you know, kind of disrespect anyone or, but I'm going to make some jokes along here. No, shoot your shots, Ted. Call them out. So, so no, I'm just going to make some jokes, man. Like, then we'll have some fun. So, like, we raised for this. We started the thought of it when uh, I bought a masterpiece of, of a guy named Convex Monster, who everyone kind of knows about now. But before then, you know, he was just another masterpiece holder like myself. And we ended up getting a sponsor in Sisyphus Airlines come along to be the third. Having that sponsor in Sisyphus Airlines was great for liquidity being raised, but not great for it staying around, I will say. But what we did is we went and pitched the idea that around these masterpieces, which are like kind of, they're a one-of-one asset within the, um, the parallel ecosystem. So for every card that there is that's playable, there's a what they call a masterpiece for it. It's one-of-one. And it earns returns off the trading royalties from all the all the subsequent assets below it. Yeah, so it actually is an income generating asset. So kind of tapped into a lot of the guys within DeFi as well at the time. And you know, August 2021, I mean, GameFi wasn't exactly the most heavy narrative then. So a lot of people lent into that raise around that kind of monetary return. But I saw it more as an opportunity to kind of raise assets and share them uh, with people and 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 have a better guild system. So we uh, we went around with that raise uh, and luckily we did that because that was like the top of the bull market allowed us to, to raise an obscene amount of money, uh, uh, more than I thought that we were ever going to raise, to be fair. And, you know, it put us in a really strong position to then kind of launch this um, this gaming guild. But the whole thought process around it outside of just kind of putting liquidity to, you know, kind of these DeFi type assets within a gaming environment was just trying to solve one issue is how do I share these assets at zero cost with users where I don't have to manage it? And that was it. That's what we went to go and solve. And so that, that's how the concept for Paragons was sprung up. So you, you found a more streamlined way to implement that amongst users. Yeah, correct. So we've taken away the, I guess, the one thing that you were meant to take away with blockchain, which was the middle management side of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Like, right. like that's what I see it as, as I, is heavily manpowered middle management that take an absurd fee to pay for that middle management with this, you know, it's kind of, it was counterintuitive. You're listening to The Honeycast. Just maybe to chime in on TCGs and, and blockchain, I'm a fan of, of Yu-Gi-Oh myself. It's time to duel! Kind of grew up playing it. They dropped their online version of the game and I'm like, dang, like this would have been really dope if it had some blockchain capabilities. Unfortunately, the, the industry isn't there and I think even I don't think gamers are very receptive of, I guess, that. But do you see parallels and paragons that what you guys are doing um, sort of at the frontier of this TCG or in crypto? The current Web 2, Web 3 narrative is kind of funny at the moment, like, because you're right, they're not the most receptive to kind of, you know, even their own kind of traditional games that they have today, even wanting to look at that side of, you know, going into business. It, it stems from a couple of things. I think a lot of games feel like that they're anti-establishment as well for a lot of parts. They're rebels and they, and I think they see crypto as kind of an establishment with the way it's painted to them. When that's not necessarily the case, I think if they kind of, <laughs> Once they understand how, what crypto really is, uh, I think they'll embrace it a little bit more. 
and you're just going to need a couple of games to take the take the lead. I think um, I don't know if you guys have seen, but uh, you know, Eve Online has uh, announced their intentions to enter the NFT and blockchain space with with their ecosystem. Is that the space MMO RPG? Yeah, it's been around for like ten years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, cool. Okay. And like, it's like you know, it, it, there's a particular subgroup of people that kind of play that as well. They're kind of like you know, CEO types or you know, C level executives and stuff like that. It's like a very long drawn out thing, but it, it's possibly got one of the most stable economic web two gaming economies that there is, and, and it makes a lot of sense to transfer that. And yet, people are still resistant to that. But I also think that if they use some sort of an airdrop and there's some sort of wealth generation event, all that bitching is going to disappear. <laughs> if you don't take this money and shut up, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like, going to like take the, one, one good one to just get the gears going, you think? Uh, 100% because then other players are going to go, whoa, well, can't we do that for our game? Look how much money they just made. Yeah. And I mean, then yeah. the narrative changes. And then there's the community then asking them, hey, I want to be on blockchain or I'm going to disappear. I mean, all I'm asking for is MapleStory and uh, and RuneScape on chain to some capacity, and I think we <laughs> I think we got it. I yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I'd love to see a bunch of those, like especially games that I played when I was younger, like games that have a con like are economy centric. They're a large part of that. I did Age of Empires on chain. Mm. Like Definitely yeah. sounds like some bears would love to hear this. You know, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I see kind of games like parallel where if they pick when they pick up traction, they'll they'll bring others over. I mean, we just saw Hearthstone. You know, they don't really support tournaments anymore or any sort of you know financialization in regards to their the use of their skills and playing. So, I mean, it, the narrative may be one thing, but I think the undertones of players will start to be, hey, you know, you're continually taking away from me in this other space. They're kind of getting this ownership. So, I, I think it will naturally flow. For sure. Natural involvement feels genuine for sure. Well, I'm just saying like if one group gets bloody airdropped and the wealth generation event happens, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I can see that unfolding for sure. My man, Ted, speaking of that, right? Like this wealth generational event, you know, some might think that we might be in that currently with some pictures of bears. How did you get involved with the community, man? I know, you, you know, there was some overlap potentially with, you know, the GameFi and some of those DeFi builders as you sort of entered the space. How did you manage to, to find bear smoking weed chain or good JPEGs? First of all, I was pissed off. Oh, shit. Because I was like, how the fuck are you not going to give an honorary? You're going to give an honorary to Sisyphus. But you're not going to give an honorary to the original bear smoking a bomb. Y'all know me, still the same OG. To the teddy bear, come on. <laughs> so, and then obviously I wanted to kill them with kindness, so I bought a bunch of bears, right? So most people say they go to the Discord, and I just I just got the vibe straight away. You know what I mean? Like it just it, it felt immediately cultish, and I like that. Feels like a cult. I'm in. Yeah, feel like a cult. I'm in. All right, let's do this. But but then also Smokey mentioned something about a chain. And, you know, what this chain could be like. And I was like, oh, proof of liquidity consensus. This is interesting. Let's talk. Oh, you're doing it on Cosmos. I know nothing about that. So I went and we'll learn about Cosmos a bit more. And then I was like, okay, this sounds really cool. Is this really happening? He goes, I can't confirm or deny, but it's probably fake. So I went, great. So now I'm going to have to take a punt. So I spent <laughs> 50 ETH on bears and here we are. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually, I have to admit, I think your OG is my favorite. My favorite OG as well, just for a man of taste. I just want to compliment you on that. It's a very nice one. Oh, I, I, I love my. I, not only do I like it, I ended up getting in uh, forming the sets. <laughs> the set. You got you got the family together. I got the family together. Uh, 
yeah, a bunch of bearers came and extracted value out of me when they noticed it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm thankful of them doing that as well because I, you know, I really didn't really care about the cost. I probably would have paid more, so suck it. <laughs> Same. True bong bear right there. That's how you know. Yeah. So man like Ted got cheesed said you know what i get the vibes and aped in and i mean i think it, it i mean the og and the family i think that turned out pretty well but i just enjoy what they're building i mean i like the fact that they kept it kind of like this whole guessing game for the most part but for those that just had any sort of you know initial discussion regardless of you know anything else they wouldn't give you anything but th- there was this heavy conviction and then you know the rumors started to circulate that maybe it's not so fake and, you know, I, I was just, I thought the rebasing interesting thing was interesting as well. So uh, I, I wanted to be in it for the vibes and the community. And if this proof of liquidity thing was true, then I wanted to be in it for that as well, because I actually thought that that was some seriously um, novel, a very novel design that I think has got a lot of capability to, to improve, you know, uh, particular DeFi aspects. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, shout out my boy, shout out my boy Dev, huh? Yeah, shout out Dev. In saying that then, like, I guess it's pretty confirmed you have a very strong interest in the Ooga Booga chain. And I guess you've also partnered with the Honey Jar, which is worth mentioning, which is awesome. Can you shed any light to how you could see maybe Paragon's DAO existing on Barachain? Do you have any thoughts or can you shed any light on that in any way? Yeah, so um, one of the ways that we are kind of can exist fully there is we're an omni-chain service. So the way that a lot of the rental systems work within games is that it's generally, you know, assets are vaulted or put into a contract and then the sharing actually happens off-chain. One of the nice things about this these kind of, you know, earning share models is that there, the counterparty risk is the asset actually doesn't go to the holder. It's just, it's done off-chain. It's the way the, the game reads it into their game client. So for us, it's about working with those games on Bera to help them create these kind of economies of scale around their games. So what our products allow people to do is actually build a guild just like us. Like we've actually released a factory model. So anyone can come along, create a guild. They could deploy bonds to suck in assets and return for a token if they want to. They can, you know, set up their own XP system, like I was mentioning. So there's that, that, that you know, reputations credit system in their own little bond, in their own little guild and have it managed for them. And they can tweak those things, you know, and, and the idea is around not just us doing it, having those tools, but obviously sharing those tools with everyone else and, and having and having that scale. Um, there's no point being a big fish in a pond or just being the only fish in the pond. You know what I mean? We want to create a, a large ocean here of that type of liquidity. And that's probably the best way to do it. This reminds me a little bit of like Olympus Pro back in the day. Is it kind of like you're sharing the infrastructure built with other people that want to build off of that? Yes. So, so all the tools that we built have been built into a deployable, like into a factory where anyone can deploy them. You can basically recreate everything that is Paragons by yourself. And it's just Classic. using our infrastructure. And and at this stage, we're going to charge no fee for that. It's going to be a public good. Oh, nice. Oh, let's get it, boys. Bear builders, you hear that? Let's fucking grow. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> They know who they are. That sounds like the bread and butter they've been looking for, you know? And that just leads us to like kind of like the next stage of what we do on top of that. So where guilds can create, you know, using our tools and able to flourish and grow, bring in players, grow their asset holdings. You know, you know, one of the products we have there is a sharing vault where they can actually deploy and ask for assets. So users can come and deposit assets. So there's a third sharing. So it's kind of like a yearn vault for these assets for if you're a holder. It's like if I get all the bunch of assets, I can get a positive. And this guild, knowing that the, you know the average rate of return is this on there, all their players, so I know I'm going to get this type of return on those assets while they're sitting with them, compared to sitting with me or to another guild or with Paragon. 
What that also allows us to do is create this kind of credit system around that. So we've got a buy now, pay later or rent to own system for assets that we have that are in excess where people can just share in the returns until they pay off the asset and they can own it. And the other one is actually funding guilds to expand. So if they have a, like a, a large holding within a guild, the way that our system works, is we can actually financialize the whole guild, the owner of the guild and the contract and everything that sits inside it, including the players, the management system and the earnings. So what that allows us to do is actually do a loan, like an invoicing loan, so that you can actually you know, get credit against not only the assets, but obviously the cash flows that are happening within that asset. And that means the lender can actually take a cut of the cash flows ongoing. It'd be really interesting to see, um, I guess, what kind of games could be springing up in the space in the near future that could, could really implement this system that you've built. Listen up, bud. The THC crew are cooking up a little something for the honey drip while also supporting the potty. We're looking to expand the community and keep the lights on. Help us make the sweet sounds of the podcast possible by showing support for our non-fungible token launching food. But like Web3 Gaming is waiting for that big mainstream AAA kind of title to launch on the scene. So it'd be cool if Parallels is maybe that first one to do it. That'd be sick. From a trading card game point of view, I think it'll it's got the best chance. Yeah, but there's other ones that are out there that are trying to do something different. You got Doctor Disrespect doing um, Dead Drop and Shrapnel. Um, they're both RPG type games where you know you, you're dropped into an environment where you basically can loot people, right? So you got to survive and battle thing, pick up stuff, and you can just kind of continue to grow your items, right? But like if Fortnite, you get kind of yeah, but if you get killed, you lose it. Yeah, that's oh, cool. sort of like a Tarkov so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and they're using those items as like the NFT, you know, the items of like NFTs and stuff like that. Yeah, so you know, when you see someone like Doctor Disrespect, who's got like that huge Web two following, going through and actually putting his name and building a game like that, we're not far away from you know the the narrative starting to shift. I think all that will be left in that narrative are just uh, furries. Furries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's all that will be left peddling that narrative um, when it's all said and done. Hey, maybe the furries could find a home with the bearers. Who knows? I am a proud ally of the furry community. Speaking of games and Ooga Booga, right, and Bit Bears, because you 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 know you got your family back. You excited for uh, Baritone or any other games building on Bear Chain? Yeah, so Smokey's you know currently you know helping engage the BD side there and, and connecting us. So. Obviously, once we've got a chain, what is taking so long? We'll definitely be connecting directly, um, you know, with a lot of those g- g- gaming ecosystems. Because not only can we, um, you know, obviously help out with just their barrier to entries, but we've also got a bunch of SDKs that they can just lean on, so they can just implement those sharing models pretty quickly. Oh, sick! Exactly, beautiful. That's what the bears need. Yeah, you know? simplified for the bears for sure. They need that. Plug and play. Plug and play because they can't even read. You're listening to The Honeycast. I guess then maybe we'll move on to, because I know you also work on Pleasure Dow, right, as well. And that sounds really fun and interesting. Are you happy to give us a little spiel about that? Because I know you guys have the Wu-Tang album. Is that right? Famous Wu-Tang album? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. So just so that people at home don't think that we're some, you know, like orgy group, it's Pleasure Dow. I'm so dumb. I can't even read. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, just making sure people think we're in it for the pleasure. Uh, you know, like. Uh, I mean, you're in it for the pleasing, <laughs> not the pleasure. I mean, I mean, I'm happy to see green dildos every day, but not those ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so please, yeah. Uh, 
a lot of people ask me, like, how do I get into it? You know, how did you do that? And the, the simple answer is, I, I don't fucking know. Thanks for the advice. I responded to a tweet one day to buy the Uniswap V3 kind of piece that was done by People Please. Now, I'd followed People Please for a little bit because she had been doing some really uh, cool stuff with Yearn and uh, some other stuff with like the guy that Harvest, very much in the early DeFi, you know, summer days. And it, the Uniswap Labs guys engaged to do this piece in commemoration of the release of Uniswap. And the funds being raised were going to charity. If, at the time, there was this big anti-Chinese movement because of COVID in the US, and it was going to support that kind of like group that were helping out with people that are involved with, you know, anything to do with like riots over there you know victim of racism all that sort of stuff it felt like a really good reason to give up some money to buy this thing yeah so Layton from uh pull together kind of put out a tweet saying who wants to join a quick dow we'll, we'll buy this so i'll just shut it you know take my money so we all threw in some ETH, and you know the bidding was going on and we we're, were bidding against andrew kang who ended up coming and joining us in this quest and him joining us meant that we won this kind of like this piece yeah and we were originally going to fractalize it and you know, do some other stuff with it. And then the discussion turned to, well, why can't we grow the holdings and grow the members and kind of create kind of this this Mona, I guess, a museum of new art, but digital version, right? Or, or at least be a curator of, you know, that type of culture uh, movement within Web3. And then the opportunity came to buy, um, geez, I can't remember the next piece. I think it was actually the Snowden piece, which was the the documents from his uh, his landmark case against when it proved the NSA was spying on the US people. That is the story of human history. And he digitally signed it. So we were able to raise some more money with some friends and acquire this piece as well. And then we we're kind of off to the races. We we're like, well, well, now we want to kind of proliferate and grow these holdings. And, you know, I, I was kind of very much in the backseat to a lot of this. You know, I, I can't take any credit for any of that. Like this is kind of led by you know, our chief pleasing officer in Jamis Johnson, who's doing an amazing fucking job, you know, putting this all together in partner in crime with Juan, also does an amazing job in leading the operations there and and, in getting us, you know, access to some of these pieces. And then through some connections with some people, you know, not me, uh, were able to, uh, you know, put together a deal and, uh, and, and acquire that piece, which I thought was kind of crazy at the time. I didn't know where we were going with that. And, and to be fair, guys, I'm going to be honest here, I, I hadn't really listened to the Wu-Tang Clan before that. I know, right? <laughs> Fucking. But now I'm really up to date on their back catalogue. And, and I've been lucky enough to hear this version as well. Uh, I had to travel to the US to do it, but it's an amazing piece. It may be fake, though. It might be fake. It's not real. It's not real. Uh, I mean, we opened up the album. It wasn't even in there. If anyone says they've listened to it, they're liars. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, is there even any music? Where's the music? Where's a cute little tune? We might wrap it from here. Before we close out, is there anything you might want to share with the bearers before we jump off? Teddy? I think one thing for the bearers is that it's been a long journey to get to uh, like a dev net, you know, potential test net and, and a potentially fake mainnet chain. And, you know, I just want to say to Socrates directly. This is a public service announcement from the Bearer community. Can you stop your FUD and just come back and start fighting properly? Like, don't do it in <laughs> silence. Come back, sir. Yeah, please come back. I don't know if you heard, he has surfaced very briefly yesterday. I may have seen in the chat that, yeah, he came up for air. Because uh, we all know he's a whale. Um, and... <laughs> gone back down for the foreseeable future so uh you know we need you to come back and fight properly uh otherwise you know we're going to be stuck here where we are and if you don't fight it won't get dev bear off your you know, ass to make sure that it's a real main there that's true please crazy people need you mm. for sure
You're listening to the Honeycast. You guys heard it here, you know, a, a good model to to base your games on, you know, really paving the way for for what it is to, you know, be on Web3 and uh, be gaming. Super exciting, Ted. Thank you for uh, spending time, dog. Appreciate it. No, thanks for the... Uh Thanks for the chat, lads, and appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the rest of the series. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, you're, you're the man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, Ted. No worries, lads. This podcast was an Ooga Booga production. See you on the next one.